So that was Joni Pilato of uh, the well-known uh, Joni and Sparrow, um, who will be playing at the benefit next Sunday at Heartland Bar. Um, that's all day, all day afternoon from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. 20 groups, fun time. Yeah, so here we are facing not uh, our first, not our second, but our third attorney general candidate. Um, <laughs> Count them goal. all. We like them all. <laughs> you got a deep bench there. Yeah. Sharon, welcome to Live from the Heartland. Well, thank you for having me. Thanks I'm for glad coming to be here. Sure. Uh, your buddy out there um, has been on the show a few times. Yeah, I'm sure um, she has. And uh, she and I worked together on a couple of different campaigns in the past. So um, I'm real glad to have you. Thank you. When I first heard your name... Another friend of mine, <clears throat> good lawyer, defense lawyer, named Ellen Dompf. Oh, yeah. Said mm-hmm. to me, ah. she's the best. Oh, that's so nice to hear. Said to me, she's the best. I said, well, I got to know this person. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm really glad. Um, so it is quite a journey from police reform panel, which yes. you is almost, If tell me if I'm wrong. I think as soon as Lisa Madigan announced, you were like the next day saying, I'm done, Ipra. I'm running. Am I right? It was very, yes. The timing was very close, but the two decisions were actually very unrelated. So, yeah, I I mean, I had been planning to step down at Ipra before Lisa announced. And and the reason is this. I, I, you know, obviously I had this incredible journey building the new agency and really proud and accomplished a lot. But I started to feel like I was an anchor weighing the agency down because everywhere I went, people were asking me, what's different if you're still the head? Uh, and uh, and so I really wanted the agency. To, I really felt it was an appropriate time for me to pass the baton to somebody else to take the agency forward, so that everything would be would be new. And um, I really felt that that was important. I really want the agency to be perceived as not just IPRA 2.0. That it really is a new agency, and we worked so hard to sort of cut all the ties and and really create uh, what I think is a best in class civilian oversight agency. Okay, we are going to ask you more about the race, but I since you brought it up, we've talked a lot about IPRA and it's it's. Uh, prior uh, sure. incarnation mm-hmm. and everything, all the business they're supposed to deal with on this show. Mm-hmm. We're very, very into you know, changing Chicago's culture and the police Absolutely. that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you feel like IPRA, even though it's just kind of a changing around of the... Tell us what IPRA is for our, our listeners. Okay. The independent the, Police Review Authority. So, IPRA. You know, yeah, so, Not so, IPRA. <laughs> so the Independent Police Review Authority was the civilian oversight agency for the police department that was formed around 2008 and in very similar circumstances to what we experienced with the Laquan McDonald uh, controversy, right? It, there was a police involved in, incident. It wasn't a shooting, it was a brutality incident that really uh, undermined people's trust in the accountability system. So the city passed this ordinance creating what was supposed to be this independent civilian oversight Uh agency but the problem was that it never really uh, cut the ties to the police department the work at the time was being done by a, a, a 
a department within the Chicago Police Department called the Office of Professional Services. Oh, yeah. okay. And it was it was filled with civilian investigators. And literally all they did was move that group of individuals to a new location and then slap a new name on the door. They didn't really change anything else about the way the organization operated. And hence, there were a number of structural impediments to independence that existed with IPRA. So IPRA's failure is not terribly surprising when you look at that history. So with the Civilian Office of Police Accountability, we tried to sever all those ties. Um, So first, rather than just moving all the employees over, we had a very rigorous hiring process that we, and we did a national recruiting effort we had over a thousand applicants for the jobs at the agency, and everybody who had served for IPRA had to reapply and go through the same rigorous process that external candidates when did. When did this process start? Sure. It started last fall. So it was just yeah, it was. I mean, the fall before, fall. yeah. So um, so we started, and it, it was a big undertaking. So these individuals, for example, had to go skills based testing, mm-hmm. as well as a pretty rigorous interview process in order to get a job as an investigator at the new agency. So that was one thing, and then the, of course the other thing was. We completely redesigned all the processes and procedures and policies that govern the way the uh, the agency operates, all with an eye towards integrity, transparency, and independence. Um, so that so that's the one thing. And then of course we put them all through training. So before they could take on a case, they all went through at least six weeks of training. Okay. And Ibra had never done that. Right. Sharon Fairley, uh, what's it like for a first-time politician seeking statewide office? Uh, what was held by a respected? Uh, incumbent leaving on her own. So yeah, this has really been a big undertaking, and, and um, but I've had a fantastic experience, and I really feel um, so honored to have had the opportunity to take on this race and to be part of this race and to take on this challenge. You know, obviously, uh, Attorney General Madigan has done a lot of good work, and she's created a very, very strong organization. And so I think you know all the candidates now are talking about how can we take what she's done and built upon it and make it better and do, and even be able to accomplish more on behalf of the citizens of Illinois. And so. So, you know, I, I'm not a politician, so, you know, I, I think... Well, you for, are now. Yeah. Well, I'm so trying to become one. to tell you, babe. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, you know, I think the difference between me and some of the other candidates is I'm not in this race because I'm trying to, you know, reach the next notch in my political career. I literally have no interest in politics or political office other than this. I love being a lawyer. I, I became a lawyer to serve. I love... What I've done as a lawyer, I have had great experiences, and I really just like trying to be the person that's in the job to make the right decisions to do what's right by by the people that I serve, and you know that's what that's how I've tried to conduct myself so far, and that's that's why I'm in this race now. Let me just ask a couple couple quick questions. Uh, do you, do you? I've asked this of the other AG candidates who've been on our show. Does anyone know why Lisa Madigan decided to give up the seat? Do you have any insight to that? I don't have any insight okay. to that. Although That's, I get asked that question all the time. Yeah. Everybody, <laughs> no one know. knows. Yeah. And the other question is, do you think there's eight candidates that I, I know of in this race? Yes. Do you think that our current mayor, Rahm Emanuel, has a horse in this race? I, and are you it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think people... People say just be oh you know she was appointed by Rahm Emanuel and and I I kind of I have to chuckle whenever I hear that and the reason is this it's not like he gave me this big cushy plum job right I mean I took on what was essentially a hot mess 
right? And I agreed to do it because I believed that I had the skills and experience to actually make some headway and, and fix the thing. But that's what you do for your best friends. Yeah. And with you your give, best friends, you, you give, give them a hot minute. You, you give them a hot... So I don't, you know, I I think I proved in the, in the years that I worked for the city that I can be independent. You know, I, I definitely pushed back on the administration on several fronts. You know, when they were looking to pass the ordinance that create the new agency, for example, I really stood strong for two really important aspects that I felt were important for COPA to be independent. One was the budget floor, uh, and then the other was the the power to get uh, bring in outside legal expertise. Hmm. And these were things that they really didn't want to do. And I just, you know, I worked to get the coalition of... Was that in the prosecutor's office you were pushing for that? No, this is when, when we were creating the ordinance no. for the Civilian Office okay. of Police Accountability. Okay. And, I, and I was really delighted to work closely with some of the aldermen who agreed with me. Um, and ultimately, we, we were able to get that done. So, you know, I, you know, when I took on that job, I mean, you can imagine um, what it was like to stand up and walk onto the scene of an officer-involved shooting. And here I am, a black woman, you know, walking onto the scene, trying to interact with detectives who've been on the force for 30, 35 years and, you know, telling them, no, you know, here's the way I'd like to see the evidence collected. Mm. This, this was a challenge. I mean, this was a challenge, but this is something that I've done my whole life. You know, I... I was born in to the Jim Crow era, right? And so I, I've always had to work hard, and through work, hard work and perseverance, I stood up my, for myself. And as a lawyer, I've stood up for the clients that I represent. And this is just how I do things. So I, you just brought it up, and I was going to ask you your justice priorities. So I have two questions, Michael. Go ahead, so Kate. You know. Ask all the questions um, you like. Sure. You, you, I noticed you come out of Annapolis or Maryland. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you went to Princeton. I did. Girl, <laughs> I mean, what brought you to Chicago? I came here when I went to law school for U of C. So I went to University of Chicago Law School. So you were there with all the hot, the the numbers. I mean, Obamas. Yes. Yeah. So um, you know, I I also you know because I was in school at Princeton with Mrs. Obama and her brother Craig. Right. And so we go back a fairly long way. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yes. And of course, yeah. And so the president was there when I started law school teaching. We were there when he started. So we knew we knew about. Yeah, we knew about young Barack because uh, he came here because of our good friend Harold Washington. I got another question. You got one more. I got one more. (laughs) Okay. What would be. We got questions galore. Of course you do, Michael. No, we do. Um, uh, What would your priorities, justice priorities in this position be? Yeah, so really, I mean, there, there are three things that I really are, think are important that I, and I, I'd like to focus on. The first, and this is obviously relates to where I've come from professionally, is I believe that the office can play a much more stronger and proactive role in public safety. And so that includes the police reform piece. But it also is just really working to improve the relationships between law enforcement agencies in the communities that they serve throughout the state. Um, And also working on, you know, dealing with crime, fighting violent crime, fighting gun violence. You know, I would like to bring a much more strategic focus to that of the office and help work with our law enforcement agencies because violent crime is not just an issue in Chicago. This is a statewide issue. Um, We need to work on smart strategies. We need to learn from the jurisdictions across the the country who are also uh, suffering from similar challenges and have identified ways to to address them that actually work from a law enforcement perspective. And I'd like to make sure that we're doing that so we can make some headlines 
headway. You know, I really got concerned about the effectiveness of the Chicago Police Department when, you know, it's been, you know, announced that last year their, their murder closure rate was only 17 percent. Right. I mean, that's just really, really concerning. So we need this police reform because it really makes a big difference from a public safety perspective. And I believe the attorney general, not only in terms of pushing through reform for the police department, but more broadly, can help um, promote public safety throughout the state. And the second thing, and I've talked a lot about this so far on the race, is more p- in- integrity and transparency out of our government. I I think we have some problems <laughs> here. And my next one, go ahead. Yeah, and um, so that's so that's an area. Then I've sort of put out a platform of ideas that I'd like to see uh, promulgated uh, under my leadership. And then the third piece is really what I consider the bread and butter of any attorney general's office, which is protecting consumers from you know harmful policies, whether it's political um, actors or uh, corrupt corporations trying to exploit consumers. Um, the, the enforcement of Illinois law against against a, a, a abusive and exploitive tactics by business or um, the external threats that are presented by the Trump administration and the Rauner administration, frankly. Um, we know that, you know, for example, under Governor Rauner, um, the enforcement by the EPA is like down by, I don't know, two thirds or something. It's, it's, and yeah. so this is, this is having a, this is affecting people's lives. And this, people, we're talking about our health here, access to clean water and clean air um, and clean land. It's, it's really important that the attorney general be someone who's strong and who has not only the courage and tenacity, but the, also the legal prowess to stand up to these forces and prevail. And so that's one of the reasons why I really want to be involved in this. Uh, Sharon Fairley, can, uh, speaking of Rauner, can you assess the governor's race of the leading candidates to challenge the current governor? Whom would you look, most look forward to working with? You know, I think that they all have various strengths and weaknesses, um, and I think it's a really interesting field. I think that the voters um, have a really important decision to make coming up in March. You know, I haven't, I personally haven't really made up my mind yet, to be honest with you. Um, I'm still, I'm still thinking about it. Um, I, there's something that I like about each of the candidates in the race. Um, and so I'm going to be working on that too. You're very diplomatic. Thank you. Well, that's you pick that up on the campaign trail, much less in the courtrooms. Um, uh, the other thing that we were looking at a lot this year was uh, oversight of the police reform. Sure. Um, and and the fact that we do not have a consent decree. Right. Um, when Lisa Madigan stood up and and started the suit, which Rom joined her in right after, mm-hmm. which is confusing. Um, we we're part of us the the community members of that suit brought yes. to um, get some oversight, get sure. a consent decree. How do you feel about that? How should that be assisted? How should that be dealt with? Be, should be being dealt with. You mean the consent decree in general? In general, yeah. Well, well so uh, should they have federal oversight? And oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So you know, I was really glad when she stepped in to fill the void left by the Trump administration to seek, you know, court monitored oversight of the reforms. We know that when it comes to a department that has um, as significant and as deep a problem as we are seeing here in Chicago, that really the only way to to engender true and lasting reform is through 
court oversight and court monitorship. And so this is definitely the right direction to go. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, I applauded that effort. You know, I think that people are wondering like why is it taking so long right now but i think that you know what some I'm, people more than others yeah i mean i think that it's a complicated it's a complicated process and you know the attorney general i'm sure wanted to go in and, ass- and assess the, the situation for herself rather than just relying on the reporting of others now, right. there's a lot of information out there but you know now we've got to really put the pedal to the metal and, and get a reform plan that actually makes sense it's going to be a very big effort because in my view the department needs to needs reform in virtually every aspect of its being real glad to hear you say that yeah i mean so from you know the way officers are recruited we know mm-hmm. that the recruiting process really undermines getting people of color on the force and so we've got to understand why that's happening and then correct that we also need to make sure that we're recruiting officers who want to be guardians not necessarily warriors all Thank the time you. And then, so uh, then we have guardians, not warriors. <laughs> I, I took the cop exam in 1975. Did you? Along with 30,000 of my favorite fellow wow. Chicagoans. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So from from recruiting to training I to be a guardian. Yes, it's important, you are. right? That's part of the job. So training, we know that training is an issue. That's pretty been been very well documented. And so that's why, for example, as part of my platform, I'd like to see annual training on use of force, de-escalation, crisis intervention, and implicit bias, not only for the Chicago Police Department, Thank but you. every police department. Thank you. So training is an issue. Supervision, we know that the department has really struggled with providing adequate supervision. So we need to make sure that we are training, field training officers, and also supervisors and also having an appropriate span of control. Um, So supervision, um, evaluation, the way officers are actually evaluated needs to change so that they can actually be given real feedback about how are you doing with your job performance and then when there are problems that are identified that they're rectified that includes you know an early intervention program and then of course then at the end we get to the accountability system which even though i think the civilian office of police accountability is poised to do great work it's only one part of that system and there's a lot of problems with the accountability system beyond that sharon fairly what a great joy it is to meet you thank you thank you so much for putting yourself out there on our behalf sure absolutely attorney general thank you it's a pretty wide field i i I, um applaud you for getting out there and uh you know and trying to make sure everybody knows your name yeah i'm really glad guys whose names sharon fairly sharon (laughs) fairly know that name (laughs) i appreciate it thanks for coming out thanks Um, for having me once you're in office you'll never come back oh no um, oh yes you will I will, will. I will, I will, I promise. All right, thanks a lot. Take some blessings. Take care. Good morning, everyone. Take a break.